Wherever you are in your adoption journey, we are a community centered around love, trust, and respect for the experience and opportunities that have made us families. We promise to share, encourage, support, and celebrate the day-to-day of adoptive mamahood together. I'm Liz. And I'm Sarah. And together, we are Two Adoptive Mamas. Hello, and welcome back to Two Adoptive Mamas. It is just Liz and I here tonight. Hi. So, hey, Liz. <laughs> we don't often do these solo episodes, and so this is exciting. Um, all right, so tonight's topic, we are going to talk about all things books. And so we've talked several times about the resource list that we list at twoadoptivemamas.com, and there are great reads there for parents, moms, dads, caregivers, um, to recommend to other family members who want to be a part of your journey and kind of walk um, whatever season you're in with you. But we also have some kiddo reads on our resources page, and these are a crucial component of our family libraries, um, both for Liz and myself. And so tonight we wanted to talk about the books that we're reading to our kids. Yay, I'm excited. Can we talk about our mama heart smiles first? Yes, <laughs> let's talk about what's making us smile as mamas. Liz, why don't you go first? Sure. Okay. So for my son, um, he is uh, just boisterous and really excited about life. Um, he's also really excited about doing everything the same that mommy and daddy are doing. Um, so at some point, um, maybe a couple months ago, my husband was having a, a beer, uh, in a can at dinner. Um, and that's, you know, very rare, but it does happen on occasion at the actual dinner table. And, um, my son asked him what it was and he had said, well, this is a daddy drink. This is beer. And so the next time we were having a like sparkling water can, um, and, my son now thinks that all cans are beer and that's a not good, um, not, not, we, we had to correct that quickly, but the other day we were, um, sitting down to dinner and I had a sparkling water can and he said, mama, I want to try your beer. Mama, I want to try your beer. And I'm just envisioning that happening when other people are at the table. And of course that's not the case, but anyway, that made us smile quite a bit. Then for my daughter, um, she's really into Dionne Warwick and the song Walk On By, which is actually about a breakup and it's really sad, Um, but she loves to pretend to walk on by and she has this cute little dance that she kind of saunters around for. So whenever we go for a walk after dinner, she goes, mama, we're the ones walking by and she just loves it. So she just thinks it's the cutest thing. So they're mine. What are yours, Sarah? (laughs) You always have to wonder like what your child's going to say in Sunday school or like, yeah, I don't know. Oh, I had a sip of my dad's beer and we're singing about walk on by. (laughs) Great. What's happening at that house? (laughs) Oh my goodness. That is too much. Well, yes. So my mama heart smile, um, would be that recently, uh, when our daughter woke up in the morning, she pointed to a picture that we have in her bedroom and it's actually, of everyone who was at the courthouse on the day of her legal adoption. And we've talked about it here and there. We've pointed out the picture. It hangs in a really prominent spot in her room. And the other morning, 
when she got out of bed, she asked me to pick her up and she said, my adoption day. And it was just really sweet. And we've not heard her verbalize that too much. I mean, she doesn't really understand what that means um, at all. But it was just neat to see her recognize that. And she said, she followed that up with, everybody, everybody's here. And that was just really sweet again. Um, and, a, and a nice reminder of all those that were there to celebrate that day with us. Liz, you were one of them. So it was a great day. And a few guests that we've had on the show were also we're also there. So anyway, that would be um, a sweet moment that's happened recently for us and kind of prompted the conversation that we wanted to have tonight. I remember Liz initially telling you about that moment with our daughter. And I really think part of what led her to identify that photo was that we've talked about adoption in different children's books that we have read. And so that has become familiar vocabulary to her and we've kind of normalized um, that conversation. And we we talk about adoption like everybody's adopted. And obviously we, we know that um, that's not the case, um, although we are all adopted in Christ. True. So my husband always reminds me of that. But, um, you know, figure or literally speaking, we're not all adopted into our earthly families here. Um, but she has started to kind of recognize that through books that we've read. So we thought it would be fun to talk about the books that are special to our families and maybe more specific to our adoption experience and stories. So we've both picked a couple favorites off of our shelves and we're going to talk about those tonight. So Liz, do you want to kick us off with maybe two or three that are special to your family? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, like Sarah said, these are, you know, not the end all be all. And, you know, we're at certain seasons in our journey and we know that there are going to be important books that uh, will be in, you know, crucial to our kiddos understanding of their own adoption stories and finding their voice and um, those different challenges and nuances they'll have to walk as they get older. Um, So we're excited to learn about those books and we're excited to learn from you all as a community. But and this season right now, these are the books that when and I have them in front of me and they're well worn. So we are using them quite a bit right now. So the first one I'm going to highlight is Baby Owl Lost Her Who by Cindy R. Lee. And this book is connected to um, the connected child with Dr. Karen Purvis and TBRI um, and TCU. So there, there's actually several books that Cindy Lee wrote um, that are kind of in this, uh, I guess, train of thought. And they are really great because they have a, a description at the beginning for parents and teaching tips. Um, and they all kind of cover a different component uh, that you would be implementing in TBRI. So some of the other ones um, are a little bit uh, older for than where my kids are right now, um, but I have them uh, and I have them ready for when that time comes. But this one, Baby Owl Lost Her Who, uh, was one that we picked up at one of the show hope empowered to connect conferences several years ago and we took it in country to read to our daughter Um, and she remembers it she Hmm. remembers a lot uh, about our in-country time and as she has gotten older we have heard more about those memories but she definitely remembers reading this book Um, and for I would say the first year or two that she was home it was her favorite um, and she would constantly choose it out of a whole stack she would go look 
for it and bring it um, to us to read. So the whole concept, Baby Owl Lost Her Who, um, the who is kind of talking about the kiddo's voice. um, And it shows a little baby owl who has lost her who, lost her voice, and and needs help learning how to do things um, and how to find her voice. And at the end of the story, um, the baby owl finds her mama owl. And the mama owl says, I can show you what to do. I can help you find your who. Um, And so that concept of helping kiddos find their voice um, and helping them understand your role in that. So the language that they use and um, that's connected here with, you know, the with TCU and trust-based relationship intervention uh, is the concept of a boss. And that might seem weird and harsh at first. And I know when we've shared it with other families, sometimes they kind of give us a second look, Uh, but it's not like anything like the business version of a boss, but it's more just um, to help kiddos realize that as parents, there is a a role of power that we have, but the best bosses exercise power only when it's needed and share power as much as possible. So giving choices, helping the kiddos learn how to find their voice so that they can use that voice for their power in the right timing, in the right choices, um, in the moments that they can. So again, I'm not Karen Purvis (laughs) and I'm not Cindy Lee so I would highly recommend reading the beginning part of the book but this is one that I would say we have taped many 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 times all right so baby owl lost her who thanks for highlighting that yeah Sarah Um, do you want to share your first one yeah why don't we volley back and forth this is really casual guys pretend you're like sitting down (laughs) and having a cup of coffee with us we are just you know it's post little bedtime here and so um we are just thankful to sit down and have this conversation so All right, I'll go next. So one that has been a pick for us lately is tell me again about the night I was born. And this is embarrassing, but I didn't even write down on my notes here who the author is. So I will tell you that it is on our resource list (laughs) and the author is definitely listed there. But it's tell me again about the night I was born. And I know that Jamie Lee Curtis is involved. So she's one of the authors. Anyways, um, it's kind of funny. Actually, my gynecologist told me about this book believe it or not yes hopefully it's just mama's listening here so I can say that but um we you know we're having a conversation um one day and she shared with me that she was an adoptive mama and so she personally recommended this said that it had been helpful with their son and so it's all about um telling a child about the night I was born and kind of the journey that um You go through his parents um, potentially arriving to the hospital and getting to hold them for the first time and explaining the concept of a birth mother. Um, So again, this is one that would, you know, it needs to have a rightful place in your adoption story. And so not everyone's story goes that way. Um, But this has been one that there are some parallels to our daughter's story and she just, she really likes it. And she likes to, you know, point out the illustrations with the baby and going to the hospital and how the parents are nervous and they felt so small. Um, but then, you know, certain anxieties kind of were swept away, um, when they got to meet their baby for the first time. And so, um, it's a really sweet story. And I think again, age appropriate, it kind of introduces the concept and, it won't be something that was never mentioned someday when she's ready to have more of a conversation. Mm-hmm. I love that. All right, what's next? So my second book is A Mother for Chaco by Keiko Kaza. And um, this one is really good for 
a super introductory version of uh, transracial adoptions and kind of helping the kiddo notice that um, you don't look alike, but you are still mom. Um, And so for my daughter, um, she actually does look a lot like me. (laughs) Um, But for my son, uh, he is Asian from China. And and so he doesn't look at all like me. And I think that this has been a really good book for both of my kids to read together um, so that they um, have a common language and a similar um, story. In one of our other episodes um, that we recently dropped with Rosie coming back on the second time, she had talked a lot about how visualizations are important and oftentimes kiddos from hard places or who have experienced trauma struggle with imagination. And so I think that one of the cool things is that this um, book gives a really good visual for my kids, again, to use Sarah's uh, phrasing age appropriate, you Mm -hmm. know, my kids are just now trying to like figure out their, their place in that. And they're just now putting words and and thoughts um, to those things that I think that they've been feeling for a while. So my son's really interested in being just like mommy and daddy, like my little mama heart mm-hmm. smile. Um, but in the same way, he you know he wants to wear jeans just like daddy, and he wants to have um, shirts just like mommy's collar shirt. And um, so because he can't do that physically, like with you know our eye color or our hair color or our skin tone, um, I think he's trying to find other ways to do mm-hmm. that. And so to be able to normalize that conversation for um, his young mind and be able to help him, you know, have a, hey, this is just like Chaco, or this is just like, you know, fill in the blank of another book. When we need to have those harder conversations as he gets older, we already kind of have a basis to do that. Um, so I really like that one too. A mother for Chaco. Yeah. I think it's good to remember too, that if you're nervous and I would categorize myself as this as well. If you're nervous about where to start the conversation or what questions might be age appropriate, if you pick up a book that you're comfortable reading with your child, they will ask questions that are age appropriate because they are asking them. And then you just have to answer those questions. I think we've talked about it on here one time before. It might have been um, with Kelly Arndt, I think. But just about answering the question that your child asks and not going too far down the road. Um And so books are a great way to start that conversation um, and just see kind of what interests them or what they might pick out about the story or the pictures. Um, And, you know, you can kind of lead from there. So the, the next book that we wanted to share also on a resource list is God Gave Us Family. And so this was one, I believe this was gifted to us early on and, um, there's some really cute uh, animals in this story. So it's actually about a family of wolves and they kind of talk about all the different um, wolves that make up their pack, but then also the different animals and their community um, and how each family looks different. And so it's kind of comical, actually, if you read the book, it talks about, you know, um, a little goose who lives on a pond with his mom and his brothers and sisters, but his dad lives on a different pond. (laughs) Or I believe that there is um, a family of turtles that 
um, or no, it's a moose that, um, his, his grandma and grandpa, um, you know, they are raising, um, the baby moose. And so this little wolf is kind of asking all of these questions. Well, does this make them family? And does this make them family? And, um, the mama wolf is kind of explaining that, yes, love makes us a family Hmm. and that every family looks different. And actually recently, um, on our Instagram, we had shared, um, the thought that adoption is because family isn't made from blood, it's made from love. And I think that this book kind of encompasses, um, you know, that, that sentiment. And I have a very special memory of this book because at just six months, we sat down on the floor and read this with our daughter. And there's a part where the wolves howl at the moon together. And so my husband howled at the moon and I howled at the moon and, and we said, okay, it's your turn. And it was just like such a bright spot. All of a sudden she started howling at six months old and, um, it was just really neat. And I don't know, there was just this little like reassurance that, um, even though we might have some tough conversations ahead of us about how we became a family, um, that in that moment, like we just were a family and we had only, I think at that point her adoption wasn't even finalized. So it was just sweet. So that is God gave us family. I would highly recommend it. So cute. (laughs) Okay. You've got one more for us, Liz. I actually have two. Two more. Yeah. Okay. I guess I'll let you do it. (laughs) Um, so one book and it's actually, there's two. Um, but the first one is when Charlie met Emma written by Amy Webb. Um, and then there's a second book called Awesomely Emma, also written by Amy Webb. Um, and it talks about a little girl who has limb differences. And one of my kiddos ha- does have limb differences. Um, and so the first book, When Charlie Met Emma, is all about uh, how Charlie is kind of walking through that journey um, and asking questions and interacting with a kiddo who looks different. Um, and it's The phrase is different isn't weird, sad, bad, or strange. Different is different and different is okay. Um, And that is a phrase that we just have adopted and say all the time Mm -hmm. in our family. Um, Then Awesomely Emma is all about being awesomely you and how um, you can be proud of that no matter how you were born, no matter how God made you. Um, And so for both of my kids, that's a really important thing to build confidence and um, competence in moving forward through the day. I love how these books have been able to give him that visualization and confidence to be able to be comfortable in his body, to know that different is okay, and to know that he is perfectly made for the way that he is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love that. I just love to be able to like see him blossom and thrive in the understanding of that. That's great. And the fact that there's a book that speaks to that, it gives something tangible, you know, right. for him to yeah. refer to. So that's great. And I think you have one more for us, right? Yeah. Is that okay? Absolutely. This has, uh, I love actually, the title of this one. I'm really excited. It doesn't actually have anything so very specific to do with, uh, <laughs> with adoption. Um, so I think it's great for any kiddo. It's called Goodnight Wiggly Toes by Rhoda Ahmed and Leandra Rose. And this is one my sister gave to my kids for Christmas. Um, and it was super sweet to see her read it to them for the first time. So this book helps kiddos start to understand the concept of mindfulness. Um, and it's been really cool to read at night because they go through, um, the little girl is just not ready for bed. And so she goes through all the different components of her body and says goodnight to them. 
And at first I'm going to be honest that like, I understand the importance of mindfulness, but I'm really bad at it. And I also like, don't know how to teach it to my kids if I'm bad at it for myself. So I was like, yeah, whatever a book about mindfulness for five-year-olds. Okay. I'm not kidding you. Both of my kids said good night to every single body part that is listed in here. They would do it. And then they would say good night to it as I was reading the book. And I was like, whoa, I can learn something from them because they did it really well. Anyway, you think it helps them go to sleep. So yeah, like settle down. Like they literally settled down like while I was mm-hmm. reading this. So it's crazy. As I hear my daughter do laps upstairs, I feel like we probably need to like Amazon Prime. Yes, this I would book love right for away. you to borrow this mm-hmm. purchase, yes. <laughs> this gift to us. Thank you, Auntie M. Anyway, yes. So this is a really good one, um, and I do recommend it for any kiddo. Um, and I do think it's even more age appropriate than some of the other ones I think for are for littles. Um, but I think that mm-hmm. this one could be good for older, older kids too. case in point myself, because it was good for me. That's right. And we do fully recognize that we are speaking from the lens of having children seven and under. Is that accurate? That's true. Yeah. <laughs> so we realize that these recommendations are limited in that. Um, but when we do drop this little mini episode, um, we will offer an opportunity for you to engage um, on our social media, um, particularly Instagram probably, but also Facebook, um, to recommend other reads. Um, And maybe when you have that opportunity, you can kind of highlight for what age it might be most appropriate. We would love to hear from you. We would love to continue to grow um, that resource list. So who knows for next podcast, however many episodes down the road, maybe we'll have more in a couple of years. Yeah, that's right. And you kind of mentioned it, Liz, but I would say, I mean, yes, we're reading these books with the intent to help start the conversation with our children about adoption, but these are great books for anyone. I mean, even if your children are not adopted, they will probably have friends that are adopted Mm -hmm. or that their lives have been touched by adoption. And so it helps just kind of introduce that topic. And I mean, thinking back, I'm not sure, you know, and I said this in episode one, um, (laughs) looking back, you know, that adoption wasn't really a conversation um, until I had my first friend who was adopted. And so again, just it's part of life. That's right. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for joining us. It was a pleasure. And we just want you to be reminded um, that no matter where you are in this journey, uh, no matter what God has before you, know that we are lifting you up in prayer, even though we don't know most of you. Um, You are on our hearts and we're so glad that you're here. And we're grateful that you've taken this time to let us speak into this process for you. So remember, you've got this, Mama. (laughs) 